Derek Taylor, head coach Mike O'Shea with you. 204-780-6868 for your texts and your calls. As uh, uh, That was a really entertaining weekend of football. I didn't know what to expect kind of from either game for various reasons, coach, but I was that was seven enjoyable hours I spent on my couch. What did you think of the two semifinals? Yeah, I enjoyed them as a fan. I, you know, we're certainly watching for a different reason um, than just fandom, but it was. Uh, I thought it was good, good for the CFL. How are you watching those games? Like, are you intently going? Well, if we play Montreal, I'm gonna we're gonna have to do this. Oh, look, that's new. Or was was there? Did any fandom leak into Sunday's viewing? Well, once again, I, I think I watch those games more for. You know, is there anything we can learn from that as a group? Um, you know, certain plays, certain things, penalties, whatever it is. And then you're looking to see for clean, you're looking to see clean football. You know, you want no penalties, you want great execution, you want uh, a good contest for the league. Yeah. Man, uh, Montreal, a winner in the early game against Hamilton. So Montreal will move on and take on Toronto in the East Final. BC, a 30-16 to winner over the Calgary Stampeders. So BC will be the team here. And you and I were talking earlier. Is, is it different now that you know who you will play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I said earlier, and the, just the mood of the coaching staff, the mood of anybody down there in the building, it's like you... You know, your focus has just been riveted now to to the Lions, right? So it's it makes you happier. Like for some reason, there's a, <laughs> and it's not whoever the it's not that they're that the, it's the BC Lions. It's just that we have an opponent now. Yeah, it's not that you'd rather play the Lions yeah, over any no, other team. It's just yeah, that you have you have that focus now and um that direction. So. Now the work has got so much more meaning, you know, because we put in a lot of work. Guys were putting in a lot of work. The coaching staff did a fantastic job looking at a pile of different things. And now there's purpose to that intention, you know. So it seemed everybody was happier today. I like it. Yeah. Uh, he's the, the head coach, Mike O'Shea, with us, 204-780-6868 for your texts uh, and your calls. We have many folks coming in on the on the text line uh, one asking, are you happy to be playing the Lions rather than the Stampeders? Did you did you go in? Did you go, no. you know what? I would like to blank because it'd be great to beat Calgary four times in a row. Or I would like to play BC because the the games came in two distinctly different parts of the season. Was there any little bit of no, that? There, there uh, is no, there, there really isn't any desire. I imagine you could ask that question to a lot of guys and they might have the same answer. I don't know that there was a particular desire to play one team over the other. Really not. Yeah. Just want to get you just want to get a team. You want that name slotted in there, you know? <laughs> so you can get going. It will be a good one. It is Sunday, it is three thirty. Uh the pregame tailgate just announced today, eleven thirty AM. Maybe Coach Michael Shea will drop by. I can't promise anything, but you never know. There will be a 39 by 22 foot portable screen showing the East semifinals. So come in early. The tailgate area will be open as well with fire pits and warming huts. Supposed to be minus seven and not much of a wind and sunny at the moment, which sounds just like football weather. Yeah, I'll probably be there around that time because Wade's got me moving flats from the tent to the beer tub. So. 
The CFL, every I mean, it's the coaching cap, right? If you if there's a bigger coaching cap, someone else could be the flat moving well, guy. Well, when your boss is out there doing it all, you know, he's a great guy to learn from. Yeah. He's always doing it, rolling up his sleeves all the time. Uh, 204-780-6868 for your texts and your calls. Uh, this one from the old 204 area code. Does the team decide what footwear to wear before the game or during warm-up? Each player figures it out, but they figure it out throughout the week, right? It's not like all of a sudden you put on new shoes. You know, that would be difficult. You know, it's like when you get new suit shoes, Derek, to go to the prom, your feet hurt, right? <laughs> they really do hurt, yeah. Well, they don't do that for before a game, right? So guys will be testing footwear out throughout the week. I'm sure our field will, uh, stadium office will have a, the field in great shape, but you still got to try different things out for sure. Okay. The BC Lions will be coming to town. Uh, you guys played them in week five, and what was at that moment the performance of the year in my mind? And then two games that, which didn't mean anything in the standings. Drew Brown got some got a bunch of play in the game in Vancouver, and then a little bit of everything uh, from both teams in the most recent game. From the three matchups that you've had with BC thus far, what do you take away from those as you approach Sunday? Nothing in terms of the results. Nothing. You know, the, the the game plan, sure, you verify, you know, with with the film, your thoughts as the coordinators are doing with their staffs. And then, um, you know, you put together a, another plan for this game. But um, in terms of how the game's finished, what the score was, nothing. I mean, the bottom line is you've got to play good football. You've got to make the plays when they come your way. You've got to be clean. You've got to play tough football, smart, all those things. And if you don't, there's a chance you don't win. How big a deal is it that Nathan Rourke is back? Oh, he's obviously a big spark for them. He's a very talented quarterback. Um, and I think their their team is probably rallying around him. I'm not in their dressing room. I don't concern myself with that, you know. I remember having Chris Treveller here and our guys rallied. So imagine they'd do the same. But, you know, it's not uh, it's not solely about Nathan Rourke, right? They've got a very good team uh, built around them um, in all three phases. So once again, you, you better be prepared to play your best and you better expect their best. You know, certainly don't want to sell an opponent short and, and leave something to chance. Let's go to the phone lines. Barry is with us on the phone line. Barry, thank you for your call. Uh, your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations, uh, Coach, so far, and best of luck with the rest of the way. Um, uh, two questions, one about the game and one kind of about you. Um, is there any trick play that you've seen on a BC poll this year you guys got to watch out for? And also, out of any sport, who is your favorite coach ever? I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Thank you, Barry. Hmm. Thank you. Uh, well, they just ran a third and inches uh, touchdown, 45-yard touchdown pass on third and inches. Um, and I imagine even though they've run it, if they think they saw it again, they would probably try something like that again. You can't just, you know, shelve that. If, it, if it's going to work, it's going to work, right? So I think we have to obviously defend plays like that. Um, and then defend the next play off of something like that. So try and 
figure out. I mean, you get this this statement's been made a lot in coaching in every sport is you can't defend ghosts, right? Mm. But there is some sort of natural progression to plays that shoot off of other plays, right? So I think you look at that and see what else they may think they can do off it and make sure that as a as a defense we've talked about it and you know, put the player give the players some forethought into what might be coming next. I like it. Um, it's not a it's not a bad thing. I mean they're we got smart football players, so talking about what may come is not uh it's not out of the norm and it's certainly not a waste of time. Um in terms of favorite coach, I don't know. I I struggle with that one. I think um who are some maybe I've, that you've drawn yeah, I've from? I've said this before. If they had the name Coach in front of their personal name, then I listened to them. I, you know, I tried to do what they asked me to do, and over the course of time, I didn't spend a lot of time really judging any coach for whether or not I thought they were good or bad. You know, I just there was a respect level there. I just believed that they were in charge for a reason, so I'm going to do what they tell me to do. Otherwise, things are going to fall apart, right? You know, you got to do what you're asked to do. Yeah. Now, um, now you say, coach, is that is that any sport? Like, yeah, any would you sport. have gotten into John Wooden books back in the day? No, or? I don't read coaching books. Okay. I, I don't read any coaching books. It's just not, you know, I didn't read them when I played. I'm not reading them now. I know that might sound, I, I probably should read more. I don't think it would be that style of book. Um. I think authenticity in the coaching world is paramount. So I'm not spending a lot of time reading what everybody else did because it might not apply to my situation. Now maybe it would apply, but I'm, I need to react to those situations based on how I'm going to react and what I'm going to do and what I think is important for the specific team that we're on. Right. You know, not try to find examples that, oh, this guy did this then or this guy did that there. It's not... I don't know that – maybe it sounds foolish, but I don't know that there's a lot of value into trying to recall how all these other guys did it. I think how I do it at that moment in time is either going to be right or wrong for this group. And hopefully I'm more right than wrong. But you, I am wrong sometimes. <laughs> yeah. you know? Are you at least watching Ted Lasso on Apple TV? I have not watched Ah, Ted Lasso. see, there you go. That is, uh, that is the – I'm using a BlackBerry. I don't even have an Apple product, so <laughs> – before we get to uh, Brian and Keith on the phone lines, can I get you on board with one division in the CFL that this matchup, no. Winnipeg and BC, should be the Grey Cup final? No. All right. I won't hit it too hard then. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in. Brian is with us. Brian, thank you for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hi, guys. I have a couple of comments that follow last week. Mike, um, I was trying to explain, like I was asking a question about do you believe in curses and, you know, if a team has 14 or 15 wins and you said no. I don't believe in them as well. I kind of think it's like a coincidence. Like if a team goes in strong, then they're going to have a better chance of winning. So anything's possible in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. And um, also I asked you what your favorite team was growing up. Um, and as a kid, you said, the, you said the Tiger Cats, the Argos, and the Eskimos. And when you said the Eskimos, it brought back bad memories back in like when I was a kid and a teenager when they had that dynasty. And I always thought, like, I always wanted to cheer for a team that had a dynasty. And I know, like, a team needs about three championships in a row to have a dynasty. And I think that I believe in you guys that you can do it. Like, you know, and if anything, you know, 
even if if it doesn't go your way, I still believe in the team, and I'm you know I still support the team. So, anyways, uh, good luck on Sunday. I appreciate that, Brian. Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate you being with us on the Coach's Show. Let's uh, welcome in Keith online too. Keith, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Question: Just I uh, want to say uh, congratulations, uh, uh, Coach O'Shea. You've done a really good job with the Bombers. Uh, I've been nothing but proud about the Bombers. I've always been proud about the Bombers. Just you've been a, you remind me a lot of the old ways and the way things were. You meant to be take one game at a time. And um, I wish you luck on Sunday. I plan on being there in the stands cheering you guys on. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate the support. Hopefully we put on a good show for you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Keith, bundle up. Minus 7 and sunny is the forecast, but when the sun goes down, it gets cold in the stadium. So bundle up, my friend. Oh, that's good. That's balmy. <laughs> that is bombing. Tarps off. Tarps off, <laughs> Keith. Tarps off. Oh yes. Please let that be the case. Uh, I would love it. I was just I was just watching uh the final game of the regular season and there was the shot of Coach O'Shea in uh, in your shorts and they were kind of giggling about it and then they said, Oh, it's eleven degrees and I thought, Well what are we giggling about? It's it's warm out, it's shorts and, and hoodie weather. So mm-hmm. they're you're this obviously predates me, but you in shorts has, is a real is a real thing. Like people are very focused on it, and I I don't know that I know why. Yeah, some people are. I'm not sure why either. Because when it gets cold, I wear pants like everybody else, except shorts guy, who can now wear pants because we won at some point. But no, I I have nothing against pants. I wear them all the time. I'm wearing some right now. There you go. <laughs> Coach O'Shea, pro pants. Uh, from the text line, uh, this is Bob. It says, Coach, what difference do loud fans at home make? We have season tickets near your team bench and enjoy engaging with the team. Hope we fill the place and cheer loud. Well, I mean, if, they, if you check the video board anytime that there's a the opposition's offense has it takes a procedure or a time count or something like that. They count up. I don't know what we're at right now, 127, 137 or something like that since the stadium opened. Loud fans create problems for the communication for the offense. You know, if you watch the, the East Semi, I was surprised Montreal takes uh, the field on offense and there go the air horns. And I'm like, oh, not Winnipeg. <laughs> not Not because of the air horns, but our fans – really understand the game. They're very knowledgeable and they cheer at the right times. They're loud. They want to be a difference maker for us. And they are. It's it's unbelievable. Our our team loves it. They just they recognize how important our fans are. You you can see when you watch I mean, when I'm calling the game, you can see how much the guys love it. Like they yeah. they love the feeling that they're connected to the fans and the fans are connected to them. Late in the game, here's Jamarcus Hardrick just you know celebrating with with folks in the stands and afterward. It's it no idea the the physical impact on it, but it's very clear that the players love how much they are beloved by the fans. Yeah. So and they and and our fans make it difficult on other teams' offenses. They have to prepare differently to come into our building. Yeah. So it takes time, and you know, it, it's not always exact. 
And the coach is just giving me something I will do immediately when I get home and check the number of procedure calls against opposing teams at the stadium since it uh, opened. Christopher will be with you in just a moment. Uh, David says, evening, guys. I just wanted to say how good a job Christian did in your absence, Derek. Mike, I may or may not uh, be at the game on Sunday. Either way, I will yell and cheer just as much, whether it's at the TV or in the stands. Uh, David, 100% agree with the job Christian did. He was fantastic in his uh, Bombers debut. Uh, I think you would actively encourage yelling at the TV as well in support of the Bombers. I, I would. Just probably refrain from throwing things at it that's not healthy yeah but other than that listen we appreciate all the support whether you can make it down or not i mean we'd like a packed house i don't know that we're sold out yet but oh that's right yeah we're probably close but shoot i'd like a I know the players would love it if it was sold out. We need all the help we can get. So Well, and, and the weather for a November football game is going to be great. Like minus 7 and sunny is great weather for watching yeah, football. it certainly can't be any colder than it was December or whenever it was <laughs> a month later. You know. uh, I, and they had a great time. They had a riot. So come on down and have a good time. I will never get over uh, the, after the West Final last year coming down to the concourse level. And, and feel it was cold in the booth, but coming down to the concourse and going, this is what they were playing in. This is atrocious. It was it was so cold. And that was such an entertaining football game for that cold, freezing, cold, blustery weather. I was even more impressed when I got down to the concourse. Two things from the from the uh, the final game I wanted to hit you about, because I asked you about them in advance of the game. Uh, as far as milestones for guys, was it important for Brady to get a thousand yards? He got a thousand and one on the final carry. Of the uh, of the first half of that game, was it important for Brady to get a thousand yards for the offense to have a thousand yard rusher? Um, probably, it certainly isn't as important as what they got going on this week. Oh, for but sure, sure, uh, a nice milestone. Obviously, some recognition because we're talking about it, but um, nothing like you know if they handle their business going forward, what that's going to feel like. Yeah. Not every moment's the, the great cup, right? But they'll, uh, those guys, Brady will remember forever. His first thousand yard season is I, I'm a softy. Sure. So he'll remember forever. A thousand that. yard season. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I've said this before. I, this yeah. is kind of, I, this is the, the, yeah. Once again, I don't know that Brady's picking up the phone Later in life, 20 years from now, and calling him and say, hey, remember when I got 1,000 yards? He's picking up the phone and saying, hey, remember when we won this or yep. did that? That's what guys are going to talk about forever. Yeah. You know, they're not going to call and talk about a yardage record, an individual yardage record. Okay. Brady, Brady knows that. But, yeah, it's good. It was good for the team. It's good for the morale for the O-line. There's a source of pride in that for sure. No doubt. No doubt. But it will pale in comparison to what some of these guys already know is is important. Yeah. And then as I was listening from my, from my bed to Christian call the game and then watching it back, getting Mike Miller a, a touchdown. It was his first ever offensive touchdown in the CFL. He had a 10-yard per rush average for his career coming into the game, which I thought was fantastic on one carry. But getting Mike Miller a touchdown, it it must have been important on some level in the fact that you guys did it. Well, I... I do think it's important because there's a whole section of guys that play with him, play beside him on special teams all the time that would think that was important too. That, you know, there's just a, there's certain things that are galvanizing for a team and that, that would be one of them. You know, having a guy 
who they know is the best ever at tackling on special teams get some opportunity in another phase, you know, I think a lot of the guys on the team would think that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's, that's Buck Pearson and the team appealing to softies like myself who like, yep. I like it. You, you reach out to everybody in this, in this Bombers organization. I enjoy that well, quite a bit. If they're on our team, they can play and help us win football games. That's the bottom line. Let's go to the phone lines and welcome in Christopher. Thank you for hanging with us. Your, uh, your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey, guys. Uh, no problem. Um, I was curious. So with a lot of these southern guys um, from some warmer climates, how do you prepare – you know, everything kind of hurts a little bit more. Injuries, catching the ball is a little different. O-line, D-line kind of slippery after a bit. Um, is there anything you guys do or, you know, say to prepare them um, just for, like, the colder Canadian, not quite snow, but kind of wet type stuff? Uh, thanks so much. Thanks, Christopher. Yeah, we certainly don't shy away from the elements of practice. We'll be outside working on those details. Um, and it's it's important that they get outside. I sh- I shared with with Derek today that um, Dietrich Nichols was in short sleeves and shorts the other day when it was pretty cold out, and he's from Florida. I think he's from Miami. You know, he doesn't live there now. He lives just north of there. But anyway, um, and he was last year. You would have you know just seen his eyes. He would have been bundled up so much. So <laughs> they learn, they get it, and they figure it out, and they realize that they just got to handle it in little chunks, right, and and build up a little bit of um, grit, you know, for the cold weather. But it's yeah, we we will we will stay outside and battle the elements. Nice. Were, were you sleeves back in your day, or were you on and off? Didn't matter. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes not. You weren't steadfast because th- sometimes offensive linemen are steadfastly. I will never put on sleeves. I will never. You weren't. Yeah. You weren't like that. You were whatever. Whatever I needed that day. Well, our, our, you know, not that it was drastically different, but the body composition might have been slightly different than than the average O lineman. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have uh, have to be in short sleeves or have to wear sleeves or I didn't. You know, it was whatever was comfortable that day. Yeah. Yep. We've we've gotten now three texts about will you be wearing shorts on Sunday. I love how that that's a thing for folks. That's that's fascinating. Um yeah, I, I enjoy that. No, the answer is no. Oh, you've decided minus seven is probably Oh, the cutoff's a lot warmer than that. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's gotta be commercials coming down the pipe about this. I yeah, I don't understand it. I, I, it's it's not, it's not shtick. It's are my comfortable or am I not comfortable? Yeah. Mike is on the text line. says, DT, please read this. Uh, it is all caps. Come on, Winnipeg. Let's sell the place out and go get the three-peat. I think we are all in favor uh, of all of that. You and I were talking during the break, and uh, I was watching back the the game uh, against BC, the final regular season game, and it was just another one for me of watching you guys play now 20 times this season. Um, I really like how buck pierce does his job and how much everybody again big softy everybody's involved and everybody feels like they have a piece of it and dakota prukop in the regular offense gets his action and nine different non-quarterbacks and punters have run the football this season and everybody i i just there's so much about buck pierce that i love i just have to say that right now to you yeah very lovable guy you know he's 
the term coordinator, he does not take that lightly, right? He will look at all the little details and um, try to coordinate it to the nth degree, right? To make sure everything's right, all the everything's looked at. And he's got a he's got a, a real good staff, right? Bergs, Marty, Jason, they they all you know give input and Buck sorts it all out, and they work very well together. And once again, what you're seeing is a lot of time put into each and every play to make sure it's right. Like you don't often hear Buck on the headset. In fact, I don't recall this year hearing Buck on the headset. Oh, I wish I. Oh, okay. You know, he just, it's that, it's that highly coordinated, which is, I mean, it's awesome. (laughs) You know, yeah. You know, he doesn't uh, doesn't have a lot of regrets. When you think of where this offense has been throughout the course of a season as Bomber fans, <clears throat> pardon me, in the beginning, uh, Greg Ellingson was the star of stars, and I think he finished the season with the most yards per game. And Dal- Greg went out and <clears throat> Dalton Schoen becomes the star of stars. And, oh, by the way, I, I haven't asked nearly enough questions about Rashid Bailey, who – was playing a new role and had nine touchdowns this year. And yeah, and Carl Nagadosi comes in and scores two touchdowns. And, and was was the and Carlton great, great for a week McCray. was the greatest thing in the CFL. Johnny Augustine. I mean, these guys. McCray catches a ball with Brad Muhammad laying on top of him in the game against yeah. the Stampeders. It's um, the the offense. Uh, it honestly, as uh, we talked about it, a plenty in, in our pregame shows. I had a lot of questions coming into the season and. Man, they were all answered real quick, and it was it's it was an absolutely a pleasure to uh, to watch so far this season. Before we hit the break, let's welcome in Stan on the phone line. Stan, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach? Yeah, actually, it's a two part question. Uh, is there going to be any rule changes coming down the pike for next year, and, or is there going to be some talk about it? And my question to the coach would be uh, on the coach's challenge. Uh, to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. A coach is only allowed one uh, one coach's challenge per game. I think that ought to be changed to two challenges per game. Myself, uh, I and because I I I believe that if the people that work at CFL Control can miss some calls on the on the video review because of human error. Uh, I I just uh, I scratch my head sometimes in questioning who are these people at CFL control and how can they blow a call when they're looking at uh, uh, reviews uh, like uh, replays and, and not see the call uh, and the, on the coach's challenge they're there has to be a change made there. there. There has to be implemented two coaches' challenges per game. And a coach should be able to question a call or a play. Stan, have I got a deal for you? Stan, I, I'm not great at math, but I believe that was seven questions. You said two. <laughs> but I think that's seven. Yeah. And I think I have answers for you. One okay. is you're allowed two challenges. It just so happens that you have to win your first to keep to get your second. 
right? So if you win your first, they allow you to challenge another. It's not like you win a second one. They just don't take away the first challenge you had, right? So you, you keep that challenge and are allowed another one. So if you lose the first one, you're done. And and that's the way it is. So they, they tried to get away from some of the fishing, they called it, that was going on, people just challenging things. And you were, at first you were allowed, I don't know the order, but at one point you were allowed uh, a base of two or maybe even you could win a third. I can't remember how it was going to work. But they settled on this, that you win your first, you 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 get your second. You can have another challenge. But after that second challenge, you're done. So even if you wanted to challenge seven calls and you may have been right on all seven, you still can't challenge them, which is frustrating. I think if you keep winning, you should keep getting them. But they don't they, – they believe that the fan base would not support that because of the length of time it takes to um, navigate a challenge and they just don't think that that's great for the game and the fans' experience around the game, which I can agree with that in part. Um, the command center is usually staffed with ex-officials, um, and they all there is obviously an element of human error in any business around the world, not just ours. So um, they do have the benefit of replay, but once again, they only have the replays that TSN has. So sometimes from the field level, we might see something we really like and think we would win a challenge, but unless you can, unless there's video evidence, there's no point in challenging it. So if we get, if I talk to our coaches up in the booth and there is no replay that they can see, then even if we think we're right, it doesn't matter. It's what the replay will show. The Ellingson you know. challenge in the BC game was sure. There was, T- TSN had terrible angles. There of was that. no angle of it. Yeah, and he was very clearly mugged and shoved out of bounds, sure. but. Prove, was, prove it. When I when I look at every angle I have, I, there's not one angle that shows the right viewpoint that says he was shoved. So you lose that challenge, even though he probably was shoved out of bounds. Yeah. Um, rule changes was rule changes uh, was Stan's yeah. first question. The um, I mean, we always look at them. I am a part of the rules committee, um, so we always have a, a list of items that we want to check off some years bigger than others. Um, but we're always looking to make the game better um, through a rule change or through a standard modification that allows the officials to officiate something. One of the questions that always gets asked is, or some of the questions that gets asked around a rule change is, um, does this make sense? How do I coach it? Like, can the players... Can the players actually execute this differently? And can the officials officiate it? So it has to pass those sort of questions to make sense to implement something. Stan, appreciate your call. Let you know I will be uh, on board with my petition to get rid of the Rouge as a game-winning play. Oh, we're both done with this show. <laughs> yeah. 3.30 Sunday. It is the West Final. It is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers hosting the BC Lions. The tailgate just announced today begins at 11.30. You can watch the East Final on a giant screen, the largest portable screen apparently uh, in the world, in the known universe, whichever it is. Uh, the tailgate area, the usual tailgate area where we are set up will be open there'll be fire pits there'll be warming huts it'll be minus seven that's that's winnipeg outdoor weather come on it's a place to be uh and yeah we're gonna sell this game out because this is 
I'm going to I'm going to talk to both guys eventually, but this is the two best in my mind quarterbacks in the Canadian Football League, and two guys that have admire each other for their skills. And this is the game we as CFL fans might deserve, honestly. Well, let's hope it lives up to its billing. We we certainly want to do well for our fans. If you want to mash them by 21 again, we're, I think we're all. I think consensus is we're all fine with that as well. From the text line, uh, how close were we to throwing to Willie Jefferson? Mentioned the Mike, I mentioned the Mike Miller touchdown. Jefferson was the wideout to the one side on that. Uh, is that is that possible? Can Willie catch like that? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> Mike Miller, you know, he's the type of guy, big ego and everything like that. He, he was supposed to throw to Willie, but he decided to run it himself. <laughs> Willie, there's, I mean, I'm just going to say, assume there's nothing on the football field that Willie could not do. Uh, he's an incredible athlete. He's an uh, even, you know, better guy for our team. He's just a, he's, he's awesome to be around. Also from the text line, who gets the home locker room at Grey Cup this year? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think people, I think we've got to focus on what we're doing right here. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Bomber fans like the thought of uh, you guys being in the Riders locker room and winning a Great Cup in a year in which the Riders did not make the, uh, the Great Cup playoffs. If you're fortunate enough to get there, every player would dress in a school bus if they had to. They wouldn't care. They wouldn't care where they were. Just give us an opportunity to be there. Can I ask you, uh, we got about three minutes left. Can I ask you, Bo Levi Mitchell has kind of indicated, hey, I'm, I'm done with the Calgary Stampeders and I'll be moving on. What, what is well, Bo? I think the Calgary Stampeders indicated that to him. Also, yeah, he, he's the one who put it on social media. Um, yeah. What's Bo Levi Mitchell been to the Canadian Football League in your mind? Uh, everything. You know, in terms of, I mean, all sorts of things. I don't mean everything. I mean, he's been all sorts of things, right? So uh, he's been excellence. Um, He's been a hero, you know. I think he's also been seen as a villain as they racked up wins for a bunch of years and were sort of always in the Great Cup for a bunch of years there. Um, He's certainly uh, honest to a fault, right? He doesn't mince his words. He's going to say what he he believes. Uh, He's a fierce competitor for sure. So uh, it was interesting to see him go back in the game and have some success right there. Just not enough, right, for him to get over the hump. Yeah, it was it was a neat way to end that game from the uh, Calgary Stampeders' perspective. Uh, I just want to ask you uh, before we get out there. There are a couple guys I would love it if you would brag about for a moment. Uh, and we final game we got to see Tyrell Ford playing the corner, and he was all in Lucky Whitehead's business and attacking the football. And it was my first chance to really kind of see him in game action, and I was really, I was very happy as a as a Bomber fan. What is what has Tyrell Ford been? Yeah, tr- uh, tremendous athlete like you like you can see from all the testing. Um, great kid, like just a sweetheart of a kid. Um, and growing, you know, really taking, you know, big steps in terms of um, becoming a, a pro football player, right? I mean, it takes time, this kid. You know, he, he was very successful in university. Um, and... Still takes time to make that jump, but he, he he played he played really well, and he's he can certainly play at this level. Yeah, yeah. And once again, there was Jamal Parker and fostering my love for him. I love guys who who don't care that they're not big. He's just yeah. he's just coming downhill on guys, and I love it. You know, his teammates just really rally around that guy, right? He's, yeah. he's 
super happy on a daily basis and he's he's a he's a fun guy to be around and he and he's a very good football player right like he is he's an excellent tackler he's got very quick feet he's aggressive um yeah i enjoy i just enjoy seeing him on a daily basis <laughs> Which is, which is pretty great. Uh, Bombers back to practice on Wednesday. The game is on Sunday. Of course, we will have all your reports, the Daily Coaches Show. Follow me on Twitter at DT on OB for all the news on players like Dalton Schoen and Nick Dembski and on and on and on. Uh, appreciate you being with us. Coach, thank you. Great to see you again. We'll see you uh, back at practice on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, and we'll see everybody down at the park on, uh, on Sunday. Sold out Sunday. Let's get there. 3.30 kickoff, tailgate at 11.30. For the coach, I'm Derek Taylor. It's the Coach's Show on 680 CJOB.